Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Hello, thank you for listening to the New Vision Podcast. We are down to the last five episodes of the Dubai Undercover Story. Now, much as the undercover journalist is discovering so much as far as a maid's daily life is concerned, life is also becoming harder for her as we shall get to find out from her narration. If you missed our previous episodes, please visit www.newvision.co.ug forward slash podcasts. Welcome to the eighth episode. Last time, I narrated my second bad clash with Mama about camel meat. Everybody in the house thought she would skin me alive, but she did not. She said the family would not go with me to an upcoming party. For the rest of the day, Mama never talked to me. We were like co-wives in the house. The party was for the following day, Friday. At this party, Mama's sister, the one who bought me from Sarah, was giving away her daughter. The whole family at this point is excited, but I do not expect to attend. In fact, I am looking forward to being at home alone for the first time when Mama announces that I too will have to go. They expect me to be happy with that. We have to go for a pre-giveaway ceremony on Thursday and we are leaving at 5 p.m. I do not have any makeup tool or cosmetics. There is also an old bottle of shampoo, shower gel and towel in the bathroom which was used by the former Kadama. I am told she was an Ethiopian who worked for 3 weeks and ran away. I cannot ask Mariam to give me some of her lotion. Mama already warned me against acting like I am part of the family. I am not supposed to mix my clothes with that of her children. It is because of this that I am given my own washing machine. When handling their clothes, I am not supposed to hold them against my body. I decide to wear one of the dresses Baba gave me. When I step out of my room, the man is waiting outside with his daughter. He does not say a word. We go straight to the car. I sit next to Mariam, who indicates that she does not want to sit next to me. She distances herself and covers her nose like I smell. I wonder whether it is because I have just taken a shower. It is she who has not bathed. The drive is about 20 minutes to Alwarka. We arrive at about 6 p.m. We get out of the car. And as I follow the rest of the family into the house, Mama waves me away, pointing to the kitchen. She says, "Kadama belongs to the kitchen." In the kitchen, I find Atano, an Ethiopian maid. When I ask whether she needs help, she says, "No." Nevertheless, I join her in washing utensils. The owner of the house comes in, looks at me, and asks me to follow him. He tells me to sweep the big compound where the decorations are being handled. I start to sweep, but because the decorators are still working, they keep throwing rubbish where I have swept. I keep sweeping until they are done. It is late now, but Mama brings a bucket of water and tells me to clean the compound. Unbelievable. She makes me clean the compound twice and is insisting on a third round when Baba comes out and asks me to stop but I continue I later discover that Atano 
had complained to her that I am slow in my cleaning and that was why she made me clean three times. Indeed, as I am cleaning the third time, Atano grabs the broom from my hand and starts cleaning where I have already cleaned. I am angry and thinking of fighting for the broom. Baba demands an end to the drama. That is the nature of maids, competing for the boss's attention. I am told that if there are two maids in a family, the competition can be bad. Even where each one has their own work schedule, physical fights often break out because of the competition. When the party starts, all the kadamas are called to join others on the dance floor. I like the Arab dancing of moving one's hands about. It takes away the stress. We dance with them and have fun, like we are not going to scrub toilets in the morning. As we prepare to leave, the boss calls me and her sister, Mama. She holds my waist and asks how I am feeling. This was because I had complained to her of backache. She then moves her hand to my buttocks and starts caressing them, saying she never expected me to have such big buttocks. I feel embarrassed by the harassment. She then speaks to Mama in Arabic. The discussion seems to be about my bums because of the way they are looking at me. We leave for home at midnight. The following day, we have to return for the giveaway ceremony. Mama's actions the next day prove my suspicions. My bums are putting Mama on tension. I would pay dearly for this gift of nature. For lunch, Mama cooks fish, rice and macaroni. We take the rice and fish to the dining table and she leaves the macaroni for me. I wash the utensils as I wait for them to complete their lunch. I am not allowed to eat until they have completed and I have to wash their plates. Suddenly, Mariam comes in and finds me washing the dishes. She gets my food, scoops out a plate of macaroni and puts it in the microwave. I watch silently. She then starts eating the macaroni and leaves me very little. I am bitter. I start to wonder if I can keep up as a kadama. For a whole month, I want to leave. I am preparing for the party, not knowing this is going to be my last day working for the Muhammads. I could not know, and it had everything to do with the discussion Mama and her sister had about my bums. I am planning to wear one of the dresses Baba bought for me, but when I return from the bathroom, I do not find it on top of my bag where I had left it. Then Mariam walks in and asks me to give her the SIM card Mama had given me to use. I had not even inserted it into my phone because I feared they would tap my conversations. I give it back, but still, it does not occur to me that I'm about to be sacked. I ask where my dress is and I am told it is in Mama's room. When I ask Mama about it, she says it is too tight on me and that she has to take it to the shop to exchange it for one that is a better fit. She asks me what my intention is in exposing my bums all the time. She was going to get me such a large dress that nobody would notice my calves. Mama gives me an alternative big and long dress to wear in the meantime. I do not mind at all. After all, I'm here to work, not as a guest. Mama then asks me to carry my bag and belongings, saying we are going to spend a night 
at the party. Still, I do not realize I am being packed out. On reaching the party, I am embarrassed. Everyone is smartly dressed, including the kadamas who have come with their bosses. Among the kadamas are girls who are bought with from the slave market, which Sarah calls office. They all notice my poor look and start to make fun of me and ask who my boss is. Mama also notices that I am underdressed for the occasion. She calls me aside and advises me to find a friendly kadama who can lend me a dress. But instead, my fellow kadamas are making fun of me. I guess that is what Mama hoped to achieve. I decide to keep myself busy with Ahmed, which is also not easy. Whenever I try to stop him from doing something, he cries and attracts the attention of Mama and her sisters. Whenever he would see them, he would keep quiet. So the sisters accused me of pinching him. Guests arrive, and soon the party starts. I am not dressed for the occasion, so I decide not to attend. I go and sleep in a room that is reserved for us, the Kadamas. Somehow, sleep overtakes me, and I slumber on. I wake up in the morning, and my family, the Mohammeds, have gone. Gone back without me. I am told they left at about 3 a.m. in the morning. I wonder why they left me. Were they coming back for me? Did they look for me? Or did they intend to leave me here? With time, I begin to realize I might have been sacked. I ask Atano, the Ethiopian Kadama, for a phone. She gives it to me on condition that I only text and not make calls. At first, I want to call Mama, but I realize they can't have left me by accident. I decide to text Sarah first and ask if my boss told her anything about me or whether she is coming back for me. 